A young man, Albert Wittenauer, had a dream of creating a durable watch which eventually he realized and evolved the brand into his name being found on the wrists of United States astronauts, pilots, actors, and all types of people found throughout the world. You're watching Time's Ticking Watch Talk, and this is the history of the Wittenauer Watch Company. Albert had an uncle, Eugene Robert, who was a successful importer of watches. Robert focused mostly on high-end pieces, such as Vacheron, Cousinata, and Jaguet Lacoste. Robert and his sales outlet operated a successful business out of New York, and things were going so well for him that he decided to hire his 16-year-old Swiss immigrant brother-in-law, Albert Wittenauer, who at 16 years old was already a high-skilled watchmaker, to help. Eventually, Albert became more involved in things which helped immensely, and as he grew older, Albert saw in his mind the real potential in the industry of watches, and with the help of his family, he decided there was a need for a watch that would be designed for durability and function that, in his mind, he felt the American people were missing. Albert was looking to create an affordable Swiss watch that was of higher quality despite having a lower price. A tall order for any brand of watches, but he was young and determined. When Albert was 24, his vision began to really get going. The company began as a small family business, and the first watch line that Wittenauer designed was in the year 1880. After five additional years, he finally decided to formally establish the Wittenauer watch brand. Robert and Wittenauer decided to title the company under the name A. Wittenauer Company, as Robert was now the exclusive sales agent for the Swiss luxury brand Longins in America, and focused most of his energy towards that. Albert had two of his brothers join him to help handle the company growth as Louis and Emile joined Albert from Switzerland. The Wittenauer family initially outsourced their movements by the Swiss contracts they had formed from people found within their homeland. The company was now located on the 10th floor of a new 14-story skyscraper at 913 Maiden Lane which was in the center of New York's jewelry and watchmaking industry at the time. Albert had a keen eye and hired two important gentlemen, Ferdinand Haschka and Charles Jones. Haschka had completed an apprenticeship at the German watchmaker school Glashute and worked with Wittenauer many years until he eventually became the chief watchmaker at Tiffany & Co, leading the watch department there. Hashka was also a member and one of the founders of the Horological Institute of America. His books on the subject are located at the United States National Museum. Johns was so talented, he personally developed a perpetual calendar chronometer watch that would be featured at the 1939 World Fair in New York. The Wittenauer Company had early customers that were in the field of navigators, explorers, and even astronomers. The fans they had created really loved the reliability of their watches. Things continued to grow as the Wittenauer Company became further involved with the U.S. Navy while helping in the fields of both aviation and navigation. Their positive reputation continued to evolve and they grew marketing navigational timepieces. In 1899, the two brothers lost Louis as he died at the age of 41, which left Albert and Emile to direct the company without him. However, the company continued to move forward as the Wittenauer Company moved to New York Center and soon after decided to acquire a production plant on the island of Puerto Rico. Albert died at age 52 in 1908, and Emil took control of the company for the next seven years until passing away also in 1915. When the last Wittenauer brother died, very little women were in authoritative positions. However, their sister Martha Wittenauer became the first woman watch brand CEO. 
Despite her lack of formal business training, Martha would lead the company for more than 20 years, surviving both the World War and the Great Depression. Martha was a compassionate boss who provided security to her staff, some of who remained at the company for upwards of 35 years. She was the first woman to be elected into the Horological Society of America. Martha continued working with the United States military and produced many instruments and watches for the early aviation units. In 1918, the company branded the Wittenauer Allproof, which was the first waterproof, shockproof, anti-magnetic allproof watch that was used by Jimmy Mattern, an American pilot who had twice attempted to circumnavigate the world, and it was he that praised his Wittenauer for surviving his crash landing. Neil Armstrong also used the Wittenauer watch to honor Jimmy wearing the watch during the Gemini 8 mission. In 1926, America's first radio network, NBC selected Wittenauer to provide official timing for its radio broadcasting. On May 20th and the 21st of 1932, Amelia Earhart made the first solo flight across the Atlantic with her Lockhead Vega 5B equipped with Wittenauer instruments. Wittenauer products were widely used in scientific expeditions and exploration, and was one of the three contenders for the first mission on the moon, along with the Omega Speedmaster and Rolex Daytona. The honor went to Omega. By 1934, Wittenauer was now operating on Fifth Avenue in New York. In 1936, in the middle of the Depression, the sale of luxury items was suffering and Martha decides to sell eight Wittenauer Company to Ella Delta Company, a successful pearl manufacturer. The sale would ensure the survival and success of the company. Capitalizing on the long partnership and history with Longins, the company was renamed Longins Wittenauer. Both brands produced distinctly different movements, though both were of similar excellent quality. The ownership would continue this way until 1969. In 1941, as America entered the war, Wittenauer, because of its long relationship with the U.S. military, received contracts to produce compasses, laboratory timers, aircraft clocks, and military watches. The company's repair center also offered employment to many skilled watchmakers who were forced to flee the war. With domestic watch production diverted, Swiss watches gained on the consumer market, while all their assembly and repair facilities were devoted to the war effort. The Wittenauer assembly line had worked overtime to produce watches for the domestic market, with movements imported from neutral country Switzerland. Wittenauer continued to innovate, and in 1949, they introduced an accurate self-winding watch that is slimmer, yet more durable, than previous self-winding models that were available. Eight years later, Wittenauer unveiled their first electric watch. In 1969, the Westinghouse Electric Corporation purchased Wittenauer, bringing together an electric industry giant, who was once a rival to Thomas Edison's electric company, and the Wittenauer brand at the forefront of the newest electronic timekeeping technology. In 1972, Robert Pliskin was installed as president and he dedicated himself to improving and increasing the quality of the company's offerings concentrating on the Wittenauer watch brands as well as Atmos clocks, the mechanical torsion pendulum clock, while continuing to refine its electronic watch innovations. While president, he boosted the company's sales 79%, from 28 million to 50 million in less than seven years. In 1979, John L. Davis, an active and innovative sales executive for the preceding 34 years, becomes president of Wittenauer. 
Davis continues to update and refine the company's products, bringing it firmly into the electronic age with improved quartz analog watches. He would stay with the company as president until 1991. In 1983, Longins becomes part of the, and excuse my horror pronunciation attempt, the Societe Suisse de Microelectronique et de Horlagre, now known as the Swatch Group. Longins is still a thriving brand with the Swatch Group today. This move would affect Wittenauer Longins later on. In 1991, with the revived slogan, The Watchmaker's Watch, the Wittenauer watch brand becomes the primary focus of the company. New company president, Reynold M. Swift, hires a new advertising agency specifically for Wittenauer watches. Swift chose Henry Fried, the dean of the watch industry, to put together a major book project covering the company's complete story. This comprehensive, definitive volume was made available to all Longins Wittenauer jewelers. In 1994, the Swatch Group decided to take over the entire distribution of Longins in the US, and with this decision, their more than a century association with Wittenauer ended. Longins Wittenauer renamed the company Wittenauer International Inc. and focused all energy on the Wittenauer brand. In 1996, President Swift, along with three other executives from Wittenauer, backed by the Composite Resources LLC, bought their rights to the company from Westinghouse Electric for $28 million. Robert L. Coleman and Charles D. Watkins of Composite Resources from St. Louis outbid Movado and Bolva to gain control of the brand. The four executives later sold their shares and left Wittenauer. Coleman was now the acting CEO of Wittenauer, while Watkins was president. Wittenauer, the brand that had the first woman CEO in watch history, now had the first two African-American president and CEO serving at the same brand in watch history as well. The two remaining entrepreneurs were a successful team and Coleman and Watkins pushed the brand forward for the next five years, reaching distribution of 300,000 timepieces a year while employing 176 employees in the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. Eventually, there were some budget problems and the company needed to sell some or all of its assets to offload cumulative debt that had occurred. This allowed Bolova to realize their earlier attempt and acquire all Wittenauer trademarks related to inventory and receivables and some equipment from the former Wittenauer International, now the name for Bolova's division, for $11.6 Wittenauer now continues to be a brand of high-quality Swiss watches with the added benefit of Bolova's strengths in financial management, distribution, and service. The Swiss brand complements Bolova's three other brands making the Bolova core Bolova, Wittenauer, Accutron, and Caravelle. Hello and thanks for watching. If you enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like and check out our similar videos right here. If you want to stay up to date with the new and interesting content that we create, you can subscribe to our channel, which is linked right here. And lastly, if you need any help with your watch, make sure to go to our Times Ticking website, which is linked right here. See you next time.